This morning, I want to speak with you from the subject, the Lord is with us. The Lord is with us to the end that we would be fearless and confident in Christ of God's care in difficult and challenging times. For the text, I want to look at Psalm 46. Let's look at that text together. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The Lord is with us. God is our refuge and strength. This is a word for the vulnerable, the helpless, to those who feel like prey. Life and its troubles have left you faint-hearted and weary, but we have no refuge or strength in ourselves. We cannot believe in ourselves or trust in the human spirit or take refuge in being an American. As the hymn goes, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, tell me where would I be, where would I be? David taught, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, they would have swallowed up us up alive. The flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. The word refuge has the sense of God being the one we run to in trouble for shelter. But when you hide, what happens when enemies or trouble still find you? There's no need to be afraid, for God is not only our hiding place, but God is also our dependable defender against every trial and attacking foe. He is a man of war who has never lost a battle. The word strength is related to this and highlights God's ability to keep you safe as well as empower you to stand up under the pressures and hardships you experience. Strength is very often used in the Psalms in association with our worship of God. For example, out of the mouth of babies and infants you have established strength same word, because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. 
Jesus quoted this passage in Psalm 8 and substituted the word praise for the word strength. Thus we can interpret God is our refuge and song, our praise. This is supported when Nehemiah said, And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. This exhortation to be strengthened through rejoicing came in the context of grief over failing to keep the law of God. Thus we see that the prescription for our past failures and difficulties is not guilt nor grief, but glorying and glorifying God who saves you from your sins and troubles. When Moses led Israel through the Red Sea, he taught them to sing, The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. God inhabits the praises of his people and makes them strong. Therefore, God is our refuge and strength. Our song is a call to rejoicingly run to the Lord for refuge and protection, to worship Him and find confidence in His saving power. Are you praying? Are you worshiping? How are these things taking shape in your life during this time of seclusion, this time of COVID-19, this time of trial and desolation? God is again defined in Psalm 46 as a very present help in trouble. This means both a proven help as well as a present help. God is ever ready, ever present, tested, tried, and true. He is readier to help you than you are to ask him for help. This psalm asserts God to be these things. It's not hoping God will come through but is confident and fully persuaded that he can and will shield, guard, guide, shelter, defend, protect, be present, on it, all over it, above it, in front of it, behind it, you name it, he's got it, and you. Therefore, there is no room for fear, no matter who and no matter what might confront you. When the most stable things, as the psalm says, give way, like the earth, like mountains, as it mentions these things in verse 2 and following, we will remain composed, confident, calm, collected, cool, chilled out, celebrating and communing with our God, the Lord. Why is that? Why be so fearless in the face of so much trouble? Well, there are at least six reasons now given in verses 4 through 7. Why not stampede? Why not be afraid? I'm glad you asked. Because there is, number one, a river. Number two, a resident. Number three, a rescuer. Number four, a revelation. Number five, a relationship. And number six, a refuge. First, a river. Now, many have pointed out that there was no literal river flowing through Jerusalem. So this obviously symbolizes something. It's a figure of speech. And it symbolizes life. It even symbolizes the Lord himself who gives life and gladness to his people who in this passage are called a city, the city of God. 
Ultimately, Jesus is the life-giving stream. His gift of the Holy Spirit brings life and joy to you. In John chapter 4, verse 10, Jesus promised a Samaritan woman that he would give her uh, living water through repentance and faith in him. Not only that, but in, in John 7, verse 38 and 39, it says, whoever believes in me, Jesus says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. And so we see that this river that's being talked about is the life stream that God gives. It's the same stream that flows from, uh, 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 from the throne of God in the book of Revelation chapter 22. It's, it's the river of life. It's, it represents the spirit of God. It represents Christ himself. And this river flows from God and the Lamb's throne. When God's gracious reign is recognized, life, joy, and stability are the results. Related to this, in the second place, there's no reason to fear because there is a resident. The city of God is the holy habitation of the Most High. It is because of God's presence in our midst that we are immovable. It's not because of us. It's because God is within us and God is with his people. That's why we remain undaunted and unmovable in the face of whatever trouble might confront us. God's presence is with us and for us. That's the only reason to be fearless when we deal with earth-quaking and earth-shattering realities. Why should you be fearless in the face of COVID-19? Because you are God's holy habitation. He's with you. However, we must not forget what is often overlooked. God left his temple twice, once in exile and once when Jesus was rejected by the Jews. You see this in Ezekiel 9 through 11 and Matthew 23, 38. And this fact is not meant to make us afraid of being abandoned, but to stir us to holiness realizing we are that holy habitation and how inappropriate it is to be that and be indifferent to holy living. Jesus will never, ever leave or forsake his church. Never. However, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. So built into the comfort of being God's dwelling place, built into the presence of God with us, built into these comforting realities is the exhortation and responsibility for holy living. Remember Jeremiah's word to the believers of his day? He said, Behold, you trust in deceptive words. This is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. They used to say that, as it says in Jeremiah 7, thinking that because it was the temple of the Lord, they were safe. 
But then he goes on to say, will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, make offerings to Baal and go after other gods and then come and stand before me in this house that is called by my name and say we are delivered? And the obvious answer is, of course you can't do that. Therefore, we must ask Jesus to cleanse our house, conform it to his word, and make it a house of communion, a house of prayer to the living God. Third, there is no reason to fear because there is a rescuer. The only one who can help us against idolatry, troubles, and foes is the triune God. It's interesting how this passage says that God, in verse 5, God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved, God will help her when morning dawns. The Septuagint says he will help her with his countenance, his face. And we see the glory of God in the face of Christ. He is the one who helps us in our trouble. The point that's being highlighted here is the haste and the speed and the readiness at which God seeks to save you from your sins, from your troubles, from your woes, from your foes. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. He will help her when morning dawns. The same construction used in Exodus 14:27, when the morning dawned, God drowned the Egyptian army into the Red Sea. It was just that quick, just that simple, just that fast. God is in a hurry to help his people, to help you when you are in trouble. The fourth reason we have no reason to fear is a revelation. In this psalm, uh, the voice of God, the voice of the Lord, talked, spoken of in, in the second part of uh, verse 6, uh, the voice or the word of the Lord stops the rage of the nations and brings an end to kingdoms. The earth melts at his voice, at his word. Ultimately, the word of the Lord uh, has been given to us. The word of the Lord is Jesus, the good news from God. The gospel has the power to stop the attacks of nations and kingdoms through transforming lives and taking every thought captive to obey Christ. The earth is the most stable thing we know materially, and yet it melts at the word of the Lord. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Jesus also said, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock, founded on Jesus, founded on his word. Your stability and resilience in this world are rooted in your belief in and adherence to the word of the Lord and the Lord of the word. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Nations rage, but kingdoms totter. They fall down, a bow down because of the word of the Lord, because of the gospel that comes through 
the people of God. Related to this is the fifth reason to be fearless is that there is a relationship. There's a relationship. The Lord of hosts is with us, it says in verse 7. In verse 7, the presence of the Lord of hosts with us is affirmed. God being with his people is a huge theme in Scripture that finds its peaks in the incarnation of Christ, in his present presence with us, as well as our future eternal dwelling together with him in glory. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? We must see the nations raging, in verse 6, against God and his people, and their subsequent tottering, in verse 6, because of the Lord's voice as the backdrop for his presence with us. God is with us and for us to disciple the nations, to know and love Jesus, as Jesus said in Matthew 28. This is proven by the aim of God in this psalm. It is not only a call to confidence in God, but commitment to God's purposes of being exalted among the nations and exalted in all the earth. Notice the presence of God with us again comes up and is repeated in verse 10 and 11 in the context of him being exalted among the nations that rage and in all the earth where the kingdoms totter. The sixth reason for fearlessness is uh, a refuge. Now, this word came up before, but it's a little bit of a different nuance in this particular verse. We see it in verse 7 as well as in uh, verse 11. Here, it points to a tower to which we can run, a tower that is, upon our going there, inaccessible, and impenetrable to our foes and the torrents of life. It's a fortress. It is the God of Jacob who is our fortress. This designation, God of Jacob, underlines the grace of God. Jacob was a rebel, just like you, just like me. He was a deceiver, but still God blessed him. It underlines the access we have to God in prayer. Remember how Jacob wrestled with God in prayer all night because he was afraid of trouble coming his way through his brother Esau. All night he prayed and dealt with and, and, and with God in prayer. And, and in that process, God gently dealt with his sin. You remember how it went down. Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And God asked him, what's your name? His name was Jacob. His name was Deceiver. He had to admit the reality about his sin. And as soon as he did, God said, no, your name is Israel because you've wrestled with God and with man and you have overcome. So, so, so this designation, the God of Jacob, is, 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 is reminding us of the access that we have to God and, and the desire God has to bless his people. It also underlines that God is our shepherd. Jacob said, God, who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil. There's a lot of evil in this world. There's a lot of trouble in this world. We've got COVID-19. We've got all kinds of things. But we have a God who is a shepherd who will redeem us from all evil, who will shepherd us our whole life long. We have a shepherd in God. We have a good shepherd who has felt 
and dealt with the worst case scenarios possible. All of Satan's wiles, all of our sins, the wrath of God. Jesus is the good shepherd who laid his life down for the worst thing in our life. And he, he was buried. He was brought back to life in order to save us, to sympathize with us, and to secure our lives. The cross teaches us how the Lord works through the worst circumstances to bring glory to himself and good to his people. The Lord brings desolations on the earth. Notice what the text says. It's the Lord who brings desolations on the earth. We want to blame everybody. We want to blame China for COVID. We want to blame America for COVID. We want to blame everybody. It's the Lord who brings desolations on the earth with a purpose. He brought famine in Joseph's day to bring relief to the world and eventual salvation to his people from slavery and a name for himself. He brought desolation to the Jewish state in 70 AD so the gospel might go forth to all the nations. COVID-19 was brought for a reason, destined to glorify God and bless the people of God and to bless the world. Verse 9 teaches how he makes wars stop. We know he does this through the gospel. Look at Isaiah chapter 2. It says there in verse 2, it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it. And many people shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for many peoples and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Why is that going to be the case? Why will that be true? Well, the Bible tells us. I'm glad you asked. The Bible says, for every boot of the trampling warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will become, be burned as fuel for the fire. Why? Why all this stopping of wars? Why are the wars going to cease? For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and of, wait for it, peace. There shall be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it, with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and evermore. How's it going to happen? The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. God is zealous for his own name. God is zealous for his own glory. He brings desolations. He makes war cease for a reason. And the reason is always good. It's through the gospel that these things come about. And then you have this word, this strong word in in verse 10, be still. Which is the same word that Jesus said when he stood up in the boat, when the wind was raging and the waves were rising, Jesus said, peace, be still. It's the same construction. It's the same command. Be still is the command 
just like Jesus, it's, it's God's command to all creation to stop their toiling, their stampeding, stop their self-destructive attempts to live without God, and rather know that he is God, and know it through Jesus Christ, and his purpose is to be exalted among the nations in, and in the earth. Is that your purpose? Is the kingdom of God in your life and the lives of others your chief desire and goal? Is making a difference through making disciples your MO? Is that how you do life, that I want to make a difference through making disciples? The Lord of hosts is with us to this end. Jesus said, Lord, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, for the purpose of discipling the nations, baptizing them in the triune name, and teaching them to obey everything that Jesus has commanded. And he's got all the authority and power in heaven and earth to bring it about. Is that your goal? Is that your aim in life? The Lord of hosts is with us. The same God who shepherded Jacob aims to graciously shepherd you and be accessible to you, that through you he might make his name glorious in all the earth. Is that what you want? That's what I want. I want to be used by God to make a name for Jesus Christ. That should be our goal, is that God, would you through me make yourself famous? Whatever it takes, whatever I must go through, at the end of the day, just make your name glorious through my life. That should be our prayer every single day when we wake up and when we go to sleep, is that, God, I want you to use me to make your name glorious. We see it all throughout Scripture. It's God's main theme, that the earth might be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, just like the waters cover the sea. That should be our life purpose. It should be our go-to every single day, every single moment. God bless and keep you.